Blog Talk Radio. Things like that. 
How much pressure do you feel? How much stress is it to try to get to that next level? It seems like there's so many different organizations. There's a lot of politics, obviously. How stressful is that for you? Um, to be honest, it it was super stressful um, because I think I I almost came um, like I just became like psychotic with it, like obsessed, you know. And then I think I was just kind of losing the you know the fun of the fight, you know. Um, obviously, everybody's goal when they get into it is to make it to the UFC. If you start becoming obsessed with it, where it, you don't think about your career you know, properly, and, uh, you know, if one thing doesn't go your way, it kind of takes you off the path, you know, it could kind of really screw you up, and and it could also completely shut down your career, you know, so um, I had to kind of just kind of forget about it, you know, I mean, yeah, the ultimate goal is to get there, but it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, some of the best fighters in the world might not get signed to them, you know, it's, uh, and you'll see fighters that have like uh, a, a crappy record get signed. So there is no like, you know, uh, special way of going about it. It's, it's more or less like, you know, uh, the opportunity. You know, you got to seize it when the time comes, and and that's it. You know, um, I tried to go about the the route of just clearing everybody out they put in front of me, and some people might not think that that was the best for my career. You know, and, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't, but then again, you know, if I did get into the UFC, then everybody would be like, yeah, that was a great thing to do, you know? So, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is, and the only thing I could do is just go out there, and I love to fight, put on great fights, and give it my all, and then hopefully, you know, all the cards fall in place. Yeah, and I give you a lot of credit, man, because like you said, you don't back down from anybody, and you ask for fights. I mean, in the past, you've offered to give up your purse. I mean, you're doing whatever it takes to get to the next level, so there's nothing but respect and credit for that. Are there fighters that you like to watch train or like to watch fight? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I come from one of the best camps in the world. I think that uh, hands down, they have the, the best work ethic, um, and just being around them, whether I'm training or just hanging out or just you know watching them train, it, it's just so positive, you know, and it's so motivating seeing how hard everybody works. So just, just seeing the, the team grow, you know, individually and as a unit, you know, it's, it's crazy. So, um, you know, it's, it's just so entertaining and, and so positive that it just it makes you want to get better. You know, it just makes you even want to be like a better person. You know, seeing guys in there, um, you know, Frankie, you know, uh, coming off his win right back in the gym. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, are, are right back in the gym helping all these younger guys, um, you know, get better and have bodies. So it's uh, it, it's awesome, man. You know, there's no, no other feeling like it. Yeah, it's always impressive watching all you guys train. Like you mentioned, Frankie, uh, Marlon, there's Edson. I mean, it's just a, a long list. New York with Jim Miller and Nikki and all these guys. It's just it's high-level talent and a strong team where everybody helps each other, which is just ridiculously impressive. With with the sport evolving so much, do you study a lot of tape or study a lot of other fighters to try to pick up new things? Um, yeah, you know, I, I try to, um, you know, take somebody that that I can relate style wise, stylistically, and and try to add that to my game. Um, I'm always picking Marlon and, and uh, Edson's brain when it comes to kickboxing. You know, even if it's just one modification with a kick or a combo or a feint, 
you know, I'm always picking their brains. They're always picking my brains when it comes to stuff on the ground with uh, jujitsu. So we kind of go back and forth, and it's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I got something new. Why don't you try this? Oh, I got something new. Why don't you try that? You know, or even seeing them do it in training and, and then asking them, like, hey, like, you know, how'd you set that up? You know, like, just that. It, it, it's just, uh, like, an ever-evolving, you know, game, so to speak, you know. Uh, it's great. And that's how it is with every training session. You know, it's not come in and train and, all right, that's it, everybody, bye. You know, like, everybody's staying after, helping each other. Everybody's coaching after they're done with their rounds, you know. Um, as far as, like, tape and stuff like that, you know, I try not to, especially with my opponents, not get too crazy about it. I kind of let my coaches do it. But, again, you know, um, I feel if I could go out there and execute my game plan, then, I, you know, I'm going to be unstoppable. Dan, you got a wealth of resources, man. It's pretty crazy. And, like, especially based on your background, too, and your experience, it's, it's a lot to work with. Um, one of the things we always see at Nicotones is there's so many new students, man. The sport of MMA is just taking off, and everybody wants to be the next fighter, next this, next that. Do you, have, do you have advice or, like, just an opinion on all these young guys, what they should do and how they should handle themselves as they get into training? Uh, yeah, actually, to be honest, uh, I get uh, asked that a lot, just to be honest, from random people on Facebook. I'll get, no lie, maybe at least one message or two messages a month from just, you know, strangers talking about advice to, you know, them coming in and, and uh, beginning fighters or looking for gyms and stuff like that. And I, I pretty much tell everybody the same. You know, uh, back when I was kind of getting into it, um, I didn't have a lot of guidance or, you know, there, it wasn't as big as, as it is now. There isn't as many shows. There's not as many schools. Um, so I didn't have all these opportunities. So it's almost like uh, trial and error that I went through to help these younger fighters. So, you know, the one thing that I would say is when, when looking for a gym, obviously you want to go in and, and, and check out the facility and stuff like that. Make sure the schedule fits your schedule. But also make sure that you there's guys your size, you know. Because um, if you get into a gym and, you know, say it's loaded – you know, to the gills with UFC fighters, but you fight at 135 and all the, the guys are, you know, uh, 205 and higher, they're not gonna, it's not going to do you any good, you know? So you want to make sure that you have the proper, you know, training partners, your size, and then that you also have good, um, you, you mesh well with the coaches, you know? Uh, people have different styles. Some people... Uh, you know, they, they like that drill sergeant type of getting in your face and screaming at you. Others are cool, calm, and collected, you know, and not saying that one's better than the other. It's just it depends on what, you, uh, what you're used to or, you know, how you respond to. So, to me, those are the key things that I didn't really have, and I had to go through trial and error, bouncing around to a couple gyms and stuff like that. But that would be the first thing that I would uh, I would tell somebody. Yeah, and those are excellent points, man. That's very true about just the size of your training partners and the coaching, just the different methodologies they use. What is your take on sparring? Some schools really push sparring where they can go hard sparring a lot. Some do more technical sparring. What's your take on that? Um, well, again, through the whole trial and error of uh, being young and stupid and pretty much every training session, every day of sparring to uh, – to now realizing what some of the best guys in the world do. Um, with me, I think sparring is definitely uh, key. 
but I don't think you want to overdo it. You know, I don't think you need to be doing it and putting your body through it every single day. Um, I think there's different types of sparring, you know, where there's, there's more controlled sparring where you're going over a game plan. Okay. And then there's also where you just come into the gym and you do your three to five rounds, depending on how long your fight is. And you leave it all out there for those rounds and then that's it, you know, but you know, you definitely have to make sure that you're getting in your uh, small glove rounds and then, uh, you know, like your, your, like maybe one day a week of the big gloves, you know, um, just because some people tend to go harder with the big gloves where they're going to throw a little more and stuff like that and uh, get a little more conditioned um, where you can grapple a little better with the little gloves um, and stuff like that. But I, I find that um, a lot of gyms are either going, you know, too, too, too much sparring like every day and then they burn themselves out and there's more injuries or they don't do enough sparring because they're worried that, you know, their, their fighters are going to get hurt and then the timing is off you know, and then they go into a fight and it's like a surprise, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a challenge, man. Like we've talked to a lot of your teammates where it's like, you know, they, there's not really, you have the concern of injuries, but you want to get in quality training. So it's definitely, you kind of walk the line with that a little bit. I guess one of my last Yeah, a lot of it has to do with your partners, you know? Like if you have controlled training partners, what's up? I said you're right, it does. Yeah, if if you have controlled training partners, then, you know, you can get away with that, that hard sparring, especially if they're your size. My Earlier on in my career, you know, I was sparring with, with Dan Miller and, and some of these 205-pounders that I actually developed bad habits. And, like, it, it hurt me when I was uh, sparring with the little guys, you know, because I would, like, flinch and, you know, like, I would always be covering up because, you know, having somebody like Dan Miller kick you or punch you even at 50%, still throws you off. It's not like having a flyweight punch you, you know? So I had to break a lot of bad habits from sparring with, with bigger guys. No, that definitely, that definitely makes sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. And, and just in terms of the training, how important is nutrition and rest throughout all of this? Um, I think it's just as important as the actual uh, technique and, and uh, training, to be honest with you. Um, the one thing I can honestly say that I probably don't get enough of is rest, uh, because I do have a full-time job. I, you know, even though I, I teach jujitsu and stuff like that, it's still work. I still have to be there at a certain time. I still have to, you know, put in, you know, hours a day and I can't just be home relaxing or sleeping. I'm still on the mat, I'm still working out. Um, but I think at, when you get to that top level, it's, it's key, you know, cause you're breaking your body down each and every day. And, you know, you're just going to end up being burnt out if you don't get the proper amount of rest. And the same thing, you know, with fighters always being on the go and in the gym and training, you know, uh, especially uh, just starting out as a newcomer, they're not making enough money to have meal preps and, and make their own food 24-7 or eat healthy all the time because it's so expensive that they have to, um, you know, get their uh, nutrients in and stuff like that. So it's, getting the supplements and stuff like that is super important. It just makes it more convenient. And you're also making sure that, you know, you're refueling your body after those hard training sessions. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just doing everything you possibly can to get everything in to make sure that you're recovered for your next session or, you know, whatever you're doing next. Yeah, I think that sometimes it gets lost in translation where everybody's just training so hard but they're not drinking enough water or not enough protein just to recover fast. And it kind of just defeats the purpose after a while. 
Well, sure. Yeah, got... I think it's all about inexperience, too. You know, uh, when fighters are a little young, it's like, oh, well, I'm all right. I'm young. I could do it. They got all this energy. And uh, then, it, you know, they realize how important it is later on in their career. Yeah, no doubt, man. So what is the best way for all our listeners to follow you as you get ready? You get big fight, man. B3 fights, June 17th in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, just uh, keep following my Facebook page, Sean Shorty Rock Santella, and my Instagram, uh, srock125. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be fireworks. It's going to be a great fight, great night of fights. There's supposed to be four title fights. And, uh, you know, if you go on my Facebook, there's a, a link to where you can watch it, uh, pay-per-view on the 17th. Awesome. Well, first of all, Shorty, congratulations on another excellent camp. We're all looking forward to this fight. And we'll be sure to promote it, man, because this, this is always fun watching you fight, man. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, once again, that was Sean Shorty Rock Santella, an exciting flyweight fighter, title fight. So we thank him for his time, and we thank you for listening. Please be sure to check out our sponsor, Headrush, at headrushbrand.com, and we'll talk to you next time.